0: hey everyone welcome to season four of it's like this conversations with laura seifert we're so grateful that you are tuning in and i cannot believe we are in our fourth season i thought it was season three most of all of these recordings i did and then realized oh my goodness time is flying by and we're so grateful you are flying with us so thanks for listening and i hope you enjoy this season as much as i have Hey guys, welcome to another episode of It's Like This, Conversations with Laura Seifert. Today, my guest is Tim Washer, and this is super fun for me because Tim, I guess I'm gonna call you my cousin still.
1: Okay, that's fair, thank you, I appreciate that. So
0: Tim was married to my second cousin, if you can track all of that. And I met Tim years and years ago. But what I love about Tim is he has a story that I think is completely unrelatable to many of us because (laughs) many of us have not taken the risks that Tim has taken in his career. And that's what I want to talk about today because the theme of our podcast is always finding God in unexpected ways. Just what does it look like to live out our faith? Discipleship is not merely just studying the bible although that's part of it it's really allowing god to lead our lives and when we allow god to lead our lives that can lead us to unexpected adventures and journeys and so forth and tim has got one that i thought would be encouraging and fun for all of us to hear tim you live in connecticut that's correct and what is your current day job and then we'll get back we'll we'll backtrack a little bit but tell us what you do now and tell us a little bit about yourself
1: So the the current job is I'm a I'm a keynote speaker and event MC. Uh So if there's a I speak at conferences and uh, I I do some corporate events where I'll just do I'll do comedy, but also talk about uh, I'll, I'll talk about marketing and communications, often branding, those kind of things. And what I've found where the Lord's led me is I, I will fold in stories of of shame how to, how to work through shame and regret and uh and just having grace and redemption now I do I do that in a secular way right because these conferences are secular but I'll do it in a way such that people will come up to me afterwards and they'll know they'll say you're a Christian are you or they it. may not know that and maybe they're not a Christian but they'll come up and they'll have a question for mm-hmm. me about the struggle they're dealing with uh I'm also I'm a new I guess you would say, uh, the term now is a uh, video creator content oh, cool. creator okay. I, I guess so I you know create comedy for instagram and uh, working on launching a YouTube channel here pretty soon
0: I love it but you started in in finance is that right
1: yeah, well marketing
0: so you started Mar-
1: marketing okay. and I went to so we went to we, I went to am I think about the same time you did I yeah.
0: believe uh but we didn't know I each know, other yeah yeah we yeah. didn't
1: know each other we knew each other but we didn't like each other right I think is that's right it. Way to say it that's it but you know we've worked through that right we've forgiven I feel Have like we're a on a the other side forgive I want to I want to send you a book called forgive
0: I that forgive. book was written with you in mind yeah. Tim Washer <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know and I I paid for overnight delivery and it came two days late and I was livid I bet I was furious
0: rightly so. so
1: I opened up the book and I was okay. <laughs> I I went to work. My first job out of A uh, and M was sales. I worked at sales at Xerox okay. in Houston, and did it did that for five years. Then went to uh, UT for an MBA because I wanted to get into consulting. And then after that, I got married right after that in '96, and then moved up to New York uh, shortly after that to be an, a market analyst and consultant.
0: Okay, yeah. a market analyst and consultant, and. As you're doing that in your mind Tim is your life laid out in the sense that you got your MBA yeah here's where you're headed you're gonna climb the corporate ladder would you right yes
1: that's that's what I thought exactly and I was I enjoyed the work I, I thought I did it well and uh, yeah I, I felt content but it wasn't until maybe after I don't know after I've been to been to New York for a while I um, I felt like something was missing. I like the job, but I was like, this is not really what, I don't know if this is what God wants me to do.
0: Yeah. You're a believer at this point. You're following God as best we know how you're, uh, you're listening. You're leaning in. Yes.
1: Yeah. Let's, let me be clear. I, I don't know if I use the term believer. I mean, Uh I went to church. My dad's a Presbyterian minister. I grew up in the church. I was going to fifth Avenue Presbyterian. I was a deacon there on the board of deacons. And, uh, but you know, I, I believed in God and I prayed. And but I didn't I didn't understand the idea. I didn't know the idea of leading a surrendered life, mm. of saying, God, I'm giving my life to you. I want your will, not mine. I, I wasn't at that point yet.
0: But at the same time, you feel this tug, there's something more. You begin to ask That's, questions and and how did that connect you to comedy?
1: So I I was praying about I was looking at some different jobs I was praying about what God wanted me to do and I was we were doing this the pastor at Fifth Avenue Press a guy named Tom Tool who's been a dear friend for a long time he wrote this beautiful devotional this Lenten devotional so during the season of Lent we we'd read you know we had a it was forty days we excuse me the the, the, the devotional was had forty devotionals in there and i ran across one that it it opened up with this quote from frederick beatner who you know mm-hmm. and you know this quote mm-hmm. and uh it's beatner says and he was a, he was also a presbyterian minister he says uh, the the place god calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet and man that really yeah that got into my bones yeah and in this in, in this in this in this devotional guide, Tom walks us through. It says there are three questions, and one is, "What are your spiritual gifts?" And I thought comedy. I, I comedy came to my mind before I even finished reading the sentence. The end of the sentence. The second question was, "Have other people confirmed this mm-hmm. with you?" And I thought, "Yeah, people have told me I'm funny." And the third question was, "On a scale of one to ten, how good of a steward have you been of this gift?" And I thought zero immediately not even on the scale and right when i that 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 idea of zero came to my mind i felt this word obligation it wasn't an audible word i just it mm-hmm, just this mm-hmm. obligation the word obligation popped in my mind and i knew that was god's voice and i also knew that god was telling me you look you have an obligation to pursue comedy and i, I knew then it wasn't a choice and i did listen i did not want to do that
0: I did not want to do
1: that at all.
0: Let me, okay, here's what's fascinating to me about this. I think a lot of us get tripped up on calling, spiritual gifting. What does it look like to lead a surrendered life and follow Jesus? And I don't know if anyone listening can relate to this. In my mind, as I'm entertaining those questions and those thoughts when I'm in my 20s, starting my career, I had a prescribed notion of what that meant. To follow Jesus meant... You fill in the blank, but it didn't mean pursuing what made my heart dance and made me, mm-hmm. I, I just, I thought those had to be opposed to one another. That a life led in the Christian world meant you did right, you didn't do wrong, um, you were obedient, but it, I, and I say this a lot, that God's best tastes like broccoli, like raw bro- broccoli, like it's good for you, but <laughs> God, who wants to eat it just by itself? And I, I kind of had that perception. And so in my mind, I thought, I just I just didn't think the two would collide. What Buchner says when he says the place, the place God calls you, this is what Tim's quote was, that he said, is to the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meets. And I'll also piggyback on that. Tim Keller has said, you'll know your spiritual gifting when you do it and other people respond and say, do more of that. And so I've always joked because when I cook, people don't say do more of that. So I knew (laughs) hospitality. But I remember I was in the corporate world. I was in marketing as well with Accenture, Anderson Consulting. And I had to give a speech in front of our whole Houston office. And it was probably 1,200 people. And my boss said, you need to do more of that. And that was the very first time God began to stir up in me a desire for public speaking and teaching and encouraging from a stage. And so that's why I wanted to stop and not get on too much of a tangent. But I want to go back to it because I don't know if in my mind, if comedy had come to me in that moment, I would have connected that with spiritual gifting or that God is asking me to steward it, which I think is awesome that you just you immediately connected and you knew that God was leading you that way.
1: Well, I, I need to give a lot of credit to Tom Tool because he was such a gifted teacher. Yeah. And and we spent a lot of time in his sermons talking about spiritual gifting. And so I had uh even though I wasn't, I wouldn't call myself a mature Christian at that time, I, I had I knew enough. Yeah. You know, that yeah. like, okay, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I, I think Laura. I don't know if I was aware of this, but now I know I, I was so afraid to move forward. I was so, and, and at every step, I was just yeah. petrified. And uh it went against my values because my dad, he is such a gracious man, and he never, whenever somebody would come up to him, he would always try to turn the limelight on someone else. Mm. You know, and he he never wanted the line, of course. He had to preach every Sunday, but he never wanted the limelight. And I just admired that so much. And to me, uh, first of all, I thought it was arrogant to say I'm a comedian. I for me, I thought that's there's something, there's an implied arrogance in that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you have to say, you're saying I think I'm funny. And and that's not, I I, I think that was a, a lie that I was believing. Absolutely. Meaning, meaning when when God gives us a gift, we do need to claim that, we need to own that. And I was very clear. It wasn't, I'm not the one who's funny. It's a gift from God. Mm -hmm. God gave me that gifting. And so it's, you can actually speak and say, claim a gift with humility and say, look, I am funny because God made me that
0: way. Absolutely. And I just think it's so encouraging to hear you say that, Tim, because I think there, anyone that's listening, regardless of your age, regardless of your season of life, you could be a young mom at home, you know, wiping behinds and countertops, or you could be someone that you think is on your second, you know, the second half of your life and you think, well, I've done my career, I'm over, I don't know. It doesn't matter where you are. I think God is such a gracious God to put giftings yeah. in us that are also incredibly delightful that we love. I felt selfish, too. Uh, when I lit up on a stage, when walking up on a stage, not acting, that was not my strength at all, but speaking authentically to a crowd and encouraging and yeah. helping kind of rally the troops, I always thought that was self-seeking and and I was looking and trying to grab the spotlight so it couldn't be God. And it, it was a hurdle for me, and it sounds like it was a hurdle for you to get over the fact that it's not arrogant. It's actually a, an act of humble obedience to follow God and God forbid he would lead us in a direction that would actually be delightful in our greatest joy. So if you're at home yes. and there's something bubbling in you and you think I've always loved and wanted to do this, I have a friend that's always wanted to be a screenwriter and he's fantastic and he's wildly creative. But I think the enemy comes in and heaps that shame, which is what you're talking sure. about, Tim, on us of like, no, that's not, how dare you? Why, why would you think that God would lead you in that direction? And so, I just think it's really encouraging that you heard it, you received it, and then you began to move forward. So, tell us, what did obedience look like for you? You're in the marketing world, you're living in New York, you're newly married, and you tell your wife, you don't have kids at this point, but you say, hey, I think right. I'm supposed to go do comedy. That's exciting <laughs> yeah. on her, her for her ears. That, yeah, she,
1: she at the time, was a CPA and accountant, you know, and so... Uh, it was very important to her. She grew up too. her, her dad uh, is a minister. And so she grew up in, and he was called into very poor regions. And so she grew up just like me, a very poor uh, background. And so financial security was really important Mm. to her. Rightfully so, but she absolutely, she hated the idea. And I think, I think that was kind of, it kind of ended the marriage in a lot of ways. Mm. Because she and she told me, and this is fair. You know, she said, Look, I you just graduated with MBA. I had this expectation you're going to have a, you know, a financially successful, uh, I'm not going to have to worry about income ever. Is it was was I think her expectation? Yeah. And I that was fair. I mean, that's who I was when we got married. Mm. And I think I think we just I think we both just married the wrong people and uh, or, or maybe the people that weren't that God didn't have planned for us. And, uh, that was really hard. And I was looking to her. I didn't realize how dependent I was. I was dependent. I I wanted my wife to be excited about this and and to encourage me and to say, you are funny for her. That was so difficult because she did not want to encourage me. She wanted me to kind of get this out of my system and, and go work for a big company. And, uh, that caused, there was a lot of, there was a lot of conflict, and it certainly, goodness, uh, the self doubt I had was uh, off the charts. And I remember the the first year or so of pursuing comedy, I was I just immediately went into a depression. Mm, wow, I, I really did. I and and I gave up. You know, Laura, I thought um, I used to be the guy I sit there in church, and you know, the pastor would talk about idols, and you know, where do we place our value? And I I was like, man, I'm glad that's not me. He's mm. talking to other people. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I'm focused on Jesus. Well, as soon as I gave up a job, you know, I had a a, a nice title. I had a team working for me. I, I had a really nice, comfortable, safe salary. And when I resigned from that, immediately that self-doubt came in. Oh, yeah. And and God used that to show me. He says, listen, <laughs> don't be prideful Think, thinking you're putting your identity in me because you're not. Yeah, And I want you to see this. And I realized that oh my gosh, and that that I thought I used to think that paralyzed me because I was working on a screenplay as well, and I just couldn't get myself to to I, I I thought my job was getting in the way, so I I talked to my wife. I remember we went on a trip. This was right after September 11th, actually. Hmm. We went on a trip. We had to in October. We had a trip right after September 11th. 2001 scheduled to go to Utah, go to Bryce and Zion. And we had to, all the flights were canceled, so we couldn't go. We ended up going to Vermont that week. And then we moved our trip to October and we took that time to pray together. I I don't know if that's really what happened. I I think, I think she kind of had her mind set. I don't know if it was really, and I was still maturing in my faith. I don't know if I was really hearing, I, I really had my heart set to listen to what God had to say, but I said listen, can I take six let me quit my job, take 6 months off, finish writing the screenplay and let's let's just see what God has for us. And I really I I, I squandered that time.
0: Mm.
1: And just just out of fear, shame and and uh a oh, fear, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I remember gosh the the parable that haunted me is the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. And I really felt God was saying, "You wicked and slothful servant, you know, your wife has agreed to let you take time off and you have squandered this time. And it took a long time, probably about a year and a half before I finally accepted uh the the story of the prodigal son, which mm-hmm. I'd heard, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. But I finally believed, no, 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 God's waiting for me to come home and say, Look, I'm relying on you mm-hmm. now. I want to do this. Just and and that's when God started getting me to a point where I just I would step out. You know, I would take a step and write a letter or write a story or just take a step out and he would show me he was present. And he made it so clear in every opportunity that came my way. First, it was abundantly clear that God was opening the door
0: Mm -hmm.
1: or God was bringing somebody into my life to get me on one of these TV shows. And he also made it abundantly clear that I, I was indeed unqualified, but he was qualifying me. Right. And just something would happen in the circumstances or he would give me these words to say that would make people bust up laughing but i'm so grateful that he did it in a way where i couldn't take pride in and i knew exactly what was happening i knew it was his work
0: yeah absolutely and that, that when, gives you
1: the courage to go forward
0: which i think god does that in effort to protect us and draw us closer to him i think you know when yes when it's undoubtedly clear um that he's doing things through you that you couldn't do on your own for me, my experience was I fell greater, more greatly in love with him. It was just like, Oh my goodness, you're, you're, you're really the prize. It's not the thing that we're called yes. into doing. Um, and that's a beautiful thing, but tell me, so tell me your steps into comedy. You started working or you started at the upright citizens brigade, right? Or how did that, yes. Yeah. A, which I think is so fun. My,
1: Melinda Schmidt. What? Sing
0: I just think it's so fun. You worked with she. He worked with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, y'all, and Conan O'Brien. And he's worked with Dave Letterman. And so and, I, I and, just, I love it.
1: And every, every one of those doors, there's no way I can claim credit for it. They right. all opened just from little steps of faith. I didn't know what to do and how to start in uh-huh. comedy. So what I just did is started sharing it with my friends and just said, hey, I decided I'm going to pursue comedy. And one of my friends, Melinda Schmidt, who is also a, a good friend from Texas A&M, she, uh, she said, oh, a, a good friend of mine just went to Upright Citizens Brigade. It's an improv theater in uh, in Manhattan. It was in Chelsea uh, area at the time. And I said, okay, I'll go check this out. And I really, this is, listen, I, I I have come to learn, God has taught me, whenever I feel fear, I'm usually on the right path. Yeah. Because I really believe we, we will receive a calling, we'll step out of the boat, take a small step in faith, and, and we're almost immediately met by fear. And I think that's our indicator that there is some resistance mm. in the universe to keep us from following God's will for yeah, our life. I would agree. And so now I finally have gotten myself to not shy away from fear, but take that as confirmation and say, all right, I'm, I'm afraid Then I know I need to do some more praying and i know i'm on the right path so uh i was i remember the first time in improv class we were doing there's a there's a there's a exercise where you get up and you take a suggestion from the audience and then you start singing a song that's connected to that theme and i'm i'm a terrible singer i was really (laughs) embarrassed and i'm in there i'm a 30 i'm so uh just a fish out of water because i'm like a 30 year old with a business background And everyone in there, they're all actors, you know, they're 20, 23. They're 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 good looking people and and they're actors. And I really felt like, man, I don't belong at all here. And uh, but I I, I'll never forget this moment. It was it it was about my turn. You go around a circle and I knew my time to sing was coming up. And I looked down in this empty theater where we were practicing. I saw my backpack there, like on the second row. And I thought, what's going to be more humiliating? Me getting my backpack and walking out of here. Are singing, and while I was having that debate with myself, I just it it became my time, and I started singing. I think it was a Barry Manilow song, and and I had fun, and it was okay, and I didn't, you know,
0: you didn't dive humiliation, yeah, no, right, no,
1: and it and so, so that's yeah, I stayed, and I'm so glad I did. But I, I think back of all those times, it's so easy to quit. It would have been so easy to just say, you know what. I gave it a shot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, uh, God wasn't with me because I had to do this embarrassing thing. Right. And you'd believe a lie like that. And it would have been so easy for me just to go back into marketing and, you know, have some success there. Right. But just, just say, I don't want to deal with the fear. I don't don't want to.
0: Which I think it's, I, uh, I glad that, I'm glad that you're bringing that up because I think for, for all of our listeners, anyone that's listening and you've got that, tug down in your soul of, I love this, or you're drawn to something or you're good at something and you just don't know how to get started. We all fumble forward. It's like we just all stumble forward and God, that's part of the beauty of it all is that there's no, I know for me, I was the same. Tim, it was like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know how to create a message to teach or preach. I didn't know, but you just kind of get started. And I think, um, (laughs) (laughs) to stand opposed is in accordance. We see it throughout scripture. You know, you see Abraham called out of what's familiar into the unknown, into the great adventure. Uh, God says, follow me to a place I'll show you. You see sweet Mary as a teenager, God show up in her life and Mm. say, hey, guess what? Chosen favored one. And she's like, how can this be? I'm, you know, I'm just a teenager. I'm just this, I'm this. And I think we can all be sidelined by our fear if we allow it, but if we understand and expect that it's coming, just to your point, and we can step over it or step on it or however we want to view it, but just keep moving forward and don't expect that it's going to be easy or mess-free, but it's going to be glorious. It's going to be, I wouldn't trade it. I feel so blessed that I'm doing what I feel called to do. And it's been unsafe in every way financially. (laughs) Um, It's been unsafe as far as Will people like it? Will I be good at it? Uh, And then you get into the comparison game of, am I as funny as so-and-so or am I as sharp as... So you just have to run the race called before you. And I just appreciate the fact that in your life, the race God laid out before you was comedy. And so expect God to surprise us with our calling. It's not what you would think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And there's you brought up an important point about expectation. Mm-hmm. I think I think when you're answering the call, it's important to expect this is not going to be easy mm-hmm. and there'll be plenty of times I'm afraid. And so how do I manage this? Uh, the discouragement I'm going to face and one accepting that and, and, and understanding it's coming is one thing. And two, knowing, OK, this is part of God's plan mm-hmm. because I, I'm in a safe place right now and he's calling me to some place that's uncomfortable because he wants me to grow in this way. And he wants me, like you said, become more dependent on him. And then one thing that's very difficult for me still is you have to uh find a support, build a support system. Ask God to lead you to people, bring people into your life who are gonna support you in
0: this. Yeah. And
1: whatever the call is. And if you know, if you're not, I I've if you're not in a church, if you're not in a house of worship, man, I always tell people you please go there, Mm -hmm. please give it. And if you've been hurt by the church or any house of worship, give it another shot, just give it another shot. And if you're not even sure, you know, I was speaking at an event a few weeks ago and I just said, look, if you're not, if you're, if, if this is not for you, we're glad you're here, but look, think about just saying, look, God, if you're real, then show me, Mm -hmm. just put that out there and see what happens. Just see what happens. And, uh, but you got—I I could not make it without uh, the church I've been connected to, without friends mm-hmm. that God's brought in my life who who support me. Because I still I still struggle with self doubt every day sure. on all this stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tell us tell us some fun. Tell us a fun story of so you start with Upright Citizens Brigade. You get to know yes Amy Poehler. Then you move into doing some writing on SNL Saturday Night Live, right?
1: Yes. So, so yes. So when she, when Amy got on SNL, she, she brought some of the people from, I mean, she was very, very gracious in bringing Mm. people on from, from class that she Mm -hmm. had worked with for years. And so I got to write for, uh, for her when she got on weekend update. I mean, I did some acting, you know, it's just extra work. Right. Was what I would do. You're, you're in a scene and, uh, you know, they'll have you do something crazy. And it's, it, but first of all, it's just fascinating to be there on set. I, I filming
0: think it would be a, too you know,
1: a, a sketch. It's crazy. And, uh, and then I got to write for her on uh, when she and Tina were hosting a uh, weekend update. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was a lot of fun. And uh, gosh, shoot, I, let, I'll have to, let me circle back on some funny stories. I don't know. They're and then solid, you moved
0: to, crazy. what was your stint on Conan O'Brien to you?
1: Yeah. So that was after. So so I was doing I had taken some time off. And then my daughter was born. Katie was born. And, you know, my my wife was like, look, you got to go get a job with dental. You know, you got to get some coverage here. And I was like, OK. And it's so funny that that I ended up at IBM and I don't know how I, I ended up as a speechwriter at IBM. And I really I I'll never forget, I went to go see Anchorman my last day of unemployment before starting at IBM. And that was my mourning process and just giving up, saying goodbye to comedy. And it's so funny how God <laughs> I I I got I, I started IBM and thinking, well, you know, I was sad that that I wasn't still working in comedy. And but the second day I was there. Uh, you know my, my new manager sent out this intro hey here's a new guy sends out an intro email and mentions I've worked in comedy and uh the the global vice president of sales for the mainframe business who I was supporting reaches out to me the second day and he says hey I'm I'm giving a speech here coming up at this event you know could you write a joke for me and I was like wait a minute what I thought I was giving all this stuff up. And so I wrote a joke and it worked really well. And he began to trust me because yeah. nobody likes the humor. Humor wasn't part of IBM's culture too much. And then, uh, then like three months later uh, I was sitting down and planning out the communications plan for the following year. And what, you know, the looking at the audiences we need to have impact on and influence. And we, he was telling me some problems we were having with the sales force. Here's here are the changes we need to get sales force. You know they're, they 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 go into the customer's office, a client's office, with like fifteen IBM people. Mm-hmm. You know, a bunch of engineers and stuff, and that's ridiculous. And they'll go in and just give these long PowerPoint presentations yeah. about IBM and not not know anything about the customer's business. And there was one other point, and I said, "Oh man, that that's a that's a comedy video right there." And he was like, "What?" And so I pitched this idea. I said, "Look, let's let's just take the." take the behaviors that we want to change and just heighten those exaggerate them to where they're ridiculous and shoot a video of people doing that. And we got IBM people to, to, to be part of this. And I hired somebody, I I got a talk about how God brings people in your life. I met Eric Metaxas back in 98 who brought me into uh, this group called the new Canaan society, uh, which is a Christian men's organization. And it went, I, oh, and I d- used to do uh, comedy it actually with, and Tim Keller, with Tim Keller. He would, he'd come and be our keynote speaker That's at some That's great. Time. I met him that way and we would do some comedy and things. And uh, I met this guy named Scott Teams, who was their young guy, probably 10 years younger than me, but we did some comedy together there. Anyway, I reached out to Scott and I said, listen, I got this opportunity at IBM. I can't get budget for it, but if I pay you 400 bucks myself, will you come do this for me? <laughs> And he said, sure. So he came and shot this thing and uh, the short video that I wrote. Actually, I say I wrote. I didn't write anything. Once I got it approved, then I was like, oh, shoot.
0: Now I got to actually produce. (laughs) Now I got to.
1: Yeah. Yes. Now I got to write the funny script. And I prayed about it and I sat down. And this is this was the first time it's ever happened to me. But I I really felt like I was just being dictated to. Uh I just felt like my fingers were moving. I Uh wasn't thinking at all. But I was just typing, and it was hysterical. And I can say that, right? Because I didn't, I, I yeah. didn't write it. God, was, just, God just gave me the words, it. Uh-huh. and it really was funny. It was really funny. And that, that, that video, and thank goodness having Scott teams shoot it and edit it because he's really funny too. It, it began, it, it launched a career, a new career, make, making comedy videos for corporations.
0: I love it. And so when you think.
1: God's closing a door. Sometimes He's just saying, "No, look, I'm I'm going to do it." Just a redirection. This is impossible, exactly. But I'm going to show you, and you just got to trust me. And He does that for you enough times, and you're like, "Okay, (laughs) I need to let go of this fear." I love it. And start getting out of the boat more.
0: Exactly. I love that. I love that picture, and I think that's a great, great way for us to kind of begin to tie up because. The reason I really wanted you to come on Tim is because I've followed you. I mean, we've seen each other at family reunions, but then I've followed you on Instagram and your social media platforms and just have watched this evolution of your life and it's just it's it's been a beautiful thing to see. And I think it for anyone too that's listening, when you go back to the beginning, there was something god, a restlessness, like a holy restlessness in you of something's yes. more. And I think sometimes, if we're if we're not careful, we'll push that aside, thinking, well, that can't be spiritual comedy. How does that even relate? Let me just join another Bible study. That's what discipleship looks like right now. <laughs> and the truth is, discipleship is saying yes to God. It's just continuing to follow him. and And so you just gave heed to that. And it's just led you on this journey. And one thing that's important too, for anyone that's listening, You didn't say yes to comedy, and I didn't say yes to preaching. We said yes to Jesus. And then that led us to discovering how Jesus has wired each of us. He's wired you to be funny, and he's wired me to encourage just at a larger scale. And so how am I going to surrender my life? I'm just going to continue to walk through the doors that he opens. And so for you, that's been at. Uh, on Saturday Night Live, and now at IBM and at Cisco and at all such other organizations, but you're using your gifting to bring Him glory, and that's what I'm doing too. And so, for anyone that's listening, I want you to feel encouraged that God is surprising in the best way when it comes to your life. Uh, we can trust Him. We can trust Him not only to um, to bring us great delight in the way He's wired us, but also to open the doors and Lay out the path. Our job, Abraham's job, Mary's job was not to figure it out. It was just to say yes. And I love that you've done that in your life. And I think it's been been encouraging for me to watch even from a distance.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. And you are funny. You're really funny.
1: (laughs) See? You really are. (laughs) That's all I wanted. I needed that validation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the things that we, uh, how can people find you? Let me like, how, how can we find you? What are your, your Uh, platforms? uh,
1: You can, I, I, Instagram is probably what I enjoy the most. And that's just Instagram. It's Tim Washer is my handle. Okay. T-I-M-W-A-S-H-E-R like Made tag. Okay. And uh, I have a website up too. And would love to, if anybody has any questions or wants to talk about something, you know, send me, reach out to me. Okay. And uh, I'll, one, I'll pray for you for sure, but I'll also just look, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do to encourage you because I, I, I struggle. I still struggle with this every, every day. I still struggle with it. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not easy, but it's getting easier.
0: Well, yeah. you've certainly encouraged me because I think as I continue to move in the gifting God has on my life, I can sense it's going to take me through different doors or new doors and it is scary. It's scary at any age and at any season. It's like, Whoa, Lord, are you sure? And I think we're continually invited to step out of the boat like yes. like Peter did. You've referenced that quite a bit. And I love that because it's true. I think anytime we say yes to God, it will always at some level feel like we're doing the impossible. Peter walking on water and we're stepping out. Yes. And when we take our eyes off of him, we can surely sink. But he's right there to grab us, and so that that's super encouraging. One of the things that we always do at the end of every episode, Tim, is I always ask our guests, "Give me an example within the most recent days where you have found God unexpectedly show up in your life." Can be small or big. Just give us a yeah, quick so, story. So,
1: yeah, there was. Uh, I, I was. I was struggling with trying to make a decision. My car, I was leasing my car. It was up for lease. There were some hiccups in the road and getting a new lease taken care of. And there was a moment when I thought, I'm not going to have a car. You know, I'm not going to have a way to, it's not going to work out. And I prayed about it and God gave me a plan on, on what to follow. He said, listen, I need you to do just these couple of simple things, send out a couple of emails, do these things. So I did that. And this was maybe three or four weeks ago. The day it was later that day, I heard from you. Oh, really? Uh, to You asked me to be on this podcast. Yeah. And then another friend of mine, like the next day, Matt Johnson asked me to be on his podcast. And then there was one other person who reached out and who said, hey, I want you to be on my podcast. And I just thought, wow, it's just whenever I take it's always it's always when I take these small little steps of obedience mm-hmm. That God will remind me, "Hey, I'm here, and I'm going to open this door for you." Mm-hmm. And it's uh, I, I just really great. I was so excited to get that email from you, uh, that message, because it—you know—it it just was a reminder that God's saying, "Look, I'm here. Yes, like, just, just, I got this. Don't, you know." He says, "Be anxious for nothing." <laughs> it's like, yeah, but not, easy not for you to world. say, we God. Can't do that,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's>
1: like, <laughs> But he he reminds us he, yep. every single time yep. he reminds me. He's like, look, I I don't know how many times. Oh my gosh, this is I love the the story you told years ago about your dog. I have shared that with a lot of people. What is I it? That, I sent that to Anne uh, uh, about you took this stray in. You yeah. took this stray yeah. dog in, and you I love it was so funny. It was so funny. Like, well, you know, I prayed for a beautiful. I said, God, right, God, give me the dog you want me to have. But I want it to be beautiful.
0: <laughs> I want her to be have long, flowing hair and look like she's purebred, yeah. but at the at a yeah. shelter price. Yeah, and she looked like she was a mixed yeah, breed good. from yeah. And she's still my favorite but, dog, Jesse.
1: <laughs> Jesse Diane. Jesse. Absolutely. I can't so, believe you. <laughs> they gotta have two names, right? Yeah, they gotta have two names. So you, but you told this beautiful story. It was so beautiful. I shared this with my buddy Mike yesterday on a run and I said how, you know, Jesse never had to worry about a meal, uh-uh. you know, had 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 three squares a day and then doggy treats throughout the day, mm-hmm. but was always, uh, and you took, got to sleep after Jason went to bed, <laughs> after Jason went to sleep, she can sleep she in could. the bed with you under the cover yeah. and, and yeah. And, um, uh, you know had every had everything taken care of. But you you made this point. Like when I went out on a leash, she'd go out. But if I let her outside in the back to go do her business, she was hesitant because mm-hmm. she was afraid. You figured out later she was afraid you wouldn't let her back in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you, you she got over that. But I could that just resonated with me is because it was like, mm-hmm. yes, God has done all these things for me. I've never had a problem with a meal. I've always had right. a meal, I've always had a roof over my head. But I still wonder. I still worry. yes, are my kids going to be okay? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my gosh, what that was such a beautiful that was a beautiful story. That was a beautiful Aww, story. Thank you. And uh, anyway, we we have to remember that stuff. We do that.
0: He's we, he's yeah. intimately acquainted with all of our ways. Scripture says, and that's true. And I think um, yeah. we can bank on it. And but we don't discover that if we're not out the, of the boat. If we're not. You know, yes. if we're if we're holding on tight and we're we're not willing to to let go, it will cost us. It won't just cost us the adventure of the thing that we're called to do. The most important yes. thing is it costs us the intimate relationship with him. And that's what he's after yes. and that's the, that's where the good stuff is. So I love that 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 you remembered that story and I love that that encouraged you and you've encouraged me today and I know you've encouraged so many that are listening today. So thank you, Tim. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate your your yes has encouraged so many people. I know it's encouraging people that are not necessarily part of the faith that are trying to figure it out. And you're just moving um, with grace in so many arenas that God has you in. And I love it. And so we'll pray for you and you pray for us and we'll, we'll talk again. So thanks okay. for being that with us. That sounds good. I'll see you. Th- All right. Thanks, Tim. Th- thanks guys for listening. <laughs> And we'll uh, we'll see you in another episode of It's Like This, Conversations with Laura Seifert. Thanks for listening. I hope that you are enjoying It's Like This, Conversations with Laura Seifert, a podcast made possible through the financial partners of Yes Ministries, people just like you. Yes Ministries exists to draw all women closer to Jesus. We do so by providing free Bible studies, online encouragement through our social media platforms and by providing a podcast just like this one to women in all places and all walks of life. That's right. We do all of those things and we offer them free so that everyone can draw closer to Jesus without the hindrance of a dollar sign. But to do that, we need partners like you. Giving to God's work draws us closer to Jesus. Giving to God's work draws us closer to his people and giving to God's work draws us into his story. And if you would like to be drawn in, we would love for you to give and partner with us. You can do so in two different ways, one through our Venmo account, which is at L-S-YES, or you can visit our website online, yesministries.net. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of It's Like This, and most importantly though, I hope that you find it helpful in your own discovery of God. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. And to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Seifert Yes, which is L-A-U-R-A-S-E-I-F-E-R-T-Y-E-S. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.